Open the eyes of our understanding, the eyes of our hearts, so we can continue moving in your spirit and only in your spirit. Show us how to become expectant prayers, believing and receiving and doing what you have for us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to Hot Spires. one of us, 
Whatever's been hindering us and whatever is besetting us, we can't take that with us into this place. So we're in a time right now where we're ministering to souls and we're seeing the Lord pour out and manifest healing in so many ways so that he's raising up a bride that is spotless and without wrinkles. (laughs) The intention is for many people to catch this vision from all churches for our city so that when the wave of souls come in because of revival fire flowing through us, we are ready and equipped prophetically to host and disciple them intimately in our homes and get them established in local churches. Meaning churches where God's holy word is honored and where Jesus Christ is declared. Thus house fire ministries have begun in homes at all entry points into Granbury and soon to be in every county throughout Texas and other states who catch this vision of coming together as the body of Christ in unity. It is time. time. Let's say that together. It is time. time. Here's our mission statement. And this is, the Lord is just developing this vision. Honestly, we don't have it all together. We're just going along day at a time and God's unfolding more of the plan. As you know, if he were to unfold all of it, it would be too much for us to handle. So we're glad he's giving us increments. So bear with us. Uh, The mission statement of house fires. To host the Lord's Holy Spirit in your homes, giving him freedom to move in our midst through worship, singing, repentance, aligning our lifestyles with the word of God declared, and making positive proclamations about what God is doing in our midst. This is to change the atmosphere in our homes and cities. God is calling us to use the power of declaring, decreeing such a thing that he calls you to do, and the Lord himself will establish those words in his timing. How many of you are aware that it is time to decree, declare, and allow the Lord to establish a thing right now? How many of you are hearing that across the body of Christ? That's what he's doing. Number two, our desire is to see people's hearts restored in faith with renewed minds, filled with the Holy Spirit, and boldness, with hope restored since 2020. Number three, prayers, signs, wonders, and miracles will and are already taking place in some of your homes and on the streets of our cities. Many people needing hope in this hour are turned off by the church and totally discouraged and isolated in fear. I'm a pastor's wife, so I'm not dissing the church. We need the local church. We need our pastors. But people are discouraged, and when they won't come into a church building, they will come into your home. Amen, right? So, remember that the word says, where two or three are gathered in his name, that Jesus will be in the midst of them. So a house fire could be from 10 people to 20 people, just depending on your setup. These house fires have no denominational walls. We can go to our respective churches while following the Acts 2 model of the early church in our neighborhoods, etc. If you are interested in starting a house fire in your home, we will come, in fact, we would love to come and help birth them with you. If you want to host one and have someone else lead it, we can show you how to do that. You may already have a house church or Bible study group going going on. 
And if what I'm sharing really resonates with your vision, feel free to align with this movement, regardless of church affiliation, and call your group a house fire with great expectation. And that is the key right now. Because of what we went through in 2020, people's expectations are down. And the Lord is like, you are counterculture. We do not go with what the culture says. We go with what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Come on, Jesus. Let's just start and let's wind it up. Let's wind it up. Sorry. So if, you, if this resonates with what we're saying, feel free to align with this movement regardless of church affiliation and call your group that already has a name a house fire because you are now expectant of signs, wonders, and miracles. You are now expectant to see the Spirit of the Lord move and set people free. You are now expectant to not just come into your home in a kumbaya moment, let's hang out, let's chill. We want community, but we are intentional. Isn't that just riot, just doing this inside of you? How many of you is just like, <laughs> We'll lay hands on you later to get the <laughs> If you don't got it now, you get it with it. <laughs> right, <laughs> right now, house fires are happening every other week on different days and different times. We hope to gather here at La Bella Luna. Let's give it up for Cleo and Mark Brown. <laughs> knowing what is coming. I believe house fires is a strategic movement 
laid out by God to bring our many streams of doctrine and faith together in cities to flow as one mighty river that flows from the throne room of God in heaven. Come on, Jesus. Let your river flow. Read Ezekiel 47 if you're not wondering what I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure most of you know what that is. The Bible says that everywhere that river went, it brought life. Everywhere the river of God goes, especially in unity in a city, there is life. Not death, life. Everybody say life. Thank you, Jesus. So we are seeing Ezekiel 47 and the river of God being confirmed in this season. We need this for revival to be sustainable. Now hear this. So that the churches don't get burned out with all the needs of the lost coming to Christ. It can't be just one church having revival. It's got to be a citywide move of God. Come on, somebody! so that the churches don't get burned out with all the needs of the lost coming to Christ. We will all be ministering as described in Ephesians 4 as the body of Christ, equipped and ready to go. Revival will be in our homes, churches, where the Holy Spirit is welcome to move, and in gatherings like this, when this wave hits our shores. And it's coming. It's coming. Finally, if and when persecution hits the church, we will already be accustomed to ministering to the Lord and each other in our homes in small and large groups. Welcome to House Fires. Thank you, Jesus. We are waiting for our um, Israeli pastors to come. But before that, I really felt led to have this beautiful young lady named Deborah, Deborah, or Deb, Paul, come. She does a spoken word in the most profound way, and her word is about revival. So can we welcome Deborah? I asked the Lord a question. I said, God, who are you? me, and who are you to my generation? And this is what he spoke of over me. It's called I Am. Talk to me. See. Let me hear your words. Speak or sing your heart's melody. Open the door. Let me in. This is God talking. Knocking. I know you think that no one can help and that you're lost, but you're not. Because I found you. And yes, I know everything that's going on. I just want to hear it from you. I want you to know that you can trust me and that I won't leave. Believe that I am more than what they say that I am because I am who I am. But I know you don't know what that means. Because you've heard phrases talked around like I am in church, but I know that you give gift cards, not gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And you heard that I'm the healer. But you see that the world is still sick, and that I am the comforter, but you're still scared like you were when you were a kid. I am the beginning, but you don't know where your beginning began. 
They use words to describe me like holy and mighty and righteous and I am. I am the lion of Judah, but you've only seen a lion trapped at the pen of the zoo. I am the commander of armies, but you say no one has ever fought for you. I am the living water, but you prefer scotch as your medicine because you don't understand that I am who I am. So let me put it to you in your language. I am the TV show that never goes old. I have endless seasons with endless plot twists you don't see coming, not even Netflix could pick a hole. I am more social than social media. On your computer or phone, on the profile of true identity, you don't have to click on to find home. I am the Uber that will always come and get you, carry you exactly where you need to go. I'm a better guide than Google Maps and the genius behind all the apps you misuse to distract yourself from me. I'm more informed than the news, but that's not hard to do, you see. I'm more artistic than Pinterest and more accessible than Wi-Fi. I'm more than what Craigslist could sell or buy. I am connection, the kind that you can't find online and Tinder can't provide. I am your completion, the filler of that hole you got inside. I am fulfillment that success can't give you. I am more high than marijuana can get you. I am the Will Turner whose blood was spilled to break your dead man's curse. I'm the Superman who came from the heavens down to your earth. I'm the healing you can't find in essential oils, the truth that you can't find in new age morals. I am the love you only think happens in novels. I'm more loyal than any comic book character you read about in Marvel. I'm the kiss that shatters your fears, and I'm the fingertips that wipe away your tears, and I'm standing out here knocking on your door, asking you to accept my friendship that you ignore. But I am not Facebook, because I want something real with you. For you to know me and me to know you, I want you. But you say you've never been convinced that love could make you come alive within. But I can, because I am love, and I am life, and I am the creator of words, written as poetry from a husband to his wife, and this is my love language in your language. So talk to me. This is God talking. Let me know. Wordsmith for the hour. Wordsmith to break generational curses. Wordsmith to declare what God is saying, piercing the heart at every point. Wordsmith for the hour. Lord God, we come before your throne of grace, Lord God. And we know that you are the most powerful, Lord God. And we grieve the loss of these beautiful men and women, Lord God, who represent the best of America. We thank you, Lord, that you, you hear our prayers, Lord God, and that um, you will not leave their family nor forsake them, that uh, even though many have um, lost their fathers and their mothers, Lord God, we know that you are more than enough. We ask, Lord God, that you would comfort them and that you would give them peace beyond understanding, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord, that their lives were not given in vain. We thank you, Lord, that this country 
owes a debt of gratitude, Lord God, for these lives that have been lost. And we ask, Lord God, you would be the repairer of the breach, Lord God, and that you would come and just anoint and appoint this special time in our history, Lord God, that we will not forget the blood that was shed, the blood that was shed for America, Lord God. And we give this all to you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Creation, cry, God, we 
Father, I pray. Because Lord, when I look around Hood County, there's about as many lost people here as there were when I moved here 11 years ago. We're not getting the job done. So Lord, fill us with your spirit. Bring us to repentance of our apathy and our laziness. Lord, we need you. We need you to move in us. We need you to fill us. We bring nothing to the process, Lord. Even our willing hearts come from you. Lord, show yourself mighty among us. Uh, Lord, I pray that our pastors would speak the truth in love, that they wouldn't neglect, Lord, those parts of, the, of your word that talk about judgment. Because, Lord, we'll all stand in judgment. But that's not the judgment that a lot of your word talks about. It's, the, it's judging people for what they do right now. Lord, we're not doing the job you called us to do. I pray that we would listen to the words in your, in your Bible that tell us that we'll be judged for the way that we serve you. And that those of us who don't know you will be judged for their life and for their lack of trust in you. Father, pour out your spirit in our churches. Father, teach us to pray. Teach us to talk with you expecting that you'll do what we ask because we ask what you want us to do. Lord, you'll make your way clear to us if we ask. And so I'm asking, Lord, make it clear to us in every instance how we're to obey you, how we're to walk with you, how we're to glorify you, Lord. Um, and when we're doing that, Lord, we expect that you'll do the things you promised to do, that you will bring revival, that you will bring awakening. Lord, thrust out labors into your harvest field. Make us some of them. Make us faithful workers. We ask it all, Jesus, trusting in you. Amen. God, the Holy Spirit would continue to move. When they walk through their work, Father God, the Holy Spirit would move. In the houses, Father God, I just pray it would be a daily encounter with the Holy Spirit and that you would just release it and it would fall down wherever they are walking. Father, I just thank you for your son Jesus died on the cross that we could be forgiven and have eternal life with him, and especially a relationship. Father God, I just continue to pray that we would go out, that there would be more laborers for the harvest, Father, and that we would plant the seeds and you would continue to water and fertilize these seeds, Father. I just can't thank you, God, for your love. Your love, nothing can separate us from your love, and I just thank you every day for you uh, showing us mercy and grace, Father, and thank you for. Jesus and him paying the ultimate sacrifice that we deserve. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, God, we come to you today. God, I want to pray for the Father of this generation. God, I want to pray that they would, God, that they would find the only one that they need, God, and that is you. God, I pray that you would draw them close. I pray right now that you would begin to just open their eyes, God, to begin to see. I pray that you would just touch their ears, God, to begin to hear, God. I pray that you would just touch them to an overflow so that they would come, they would become closer to you, God. I just pray that you would allow them to, to just be filled with your love, God, with your grace, God, with your mercy. I just pray that you would just 
pour your spirit out all over them and just uh, trust them, Jesus. Jesus, I know I pray. Amen. Amen.
In John 10, 10, Jesus said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that they might have life and life more abundantly. Just like 2,000 years ago, Israel is waiting for the coming of its Messiah, waiting for the King to come and save Israel. But the Messiah is already here. He is walking in the streets of Israel, healing the sick, freeing people from darkness and slavery to sin, giving people hope, a future, and an abundant life. Fourteen years ago, on these streets of Tel Aviv, He also found me. I just got out of prison. Drugs completely ruined my life. I was lonely, sick, hopeless, but no will to live. It was in this hopeless situation that Jesus found me and arranged a meeting with a wonderful man, Vladimir Krichko, who told me that I don't have to suffer because Jesus had already suffered for me. I did not need to die because Jesus had already died for me. And that evening, I accepted Yeshua as my Lord and Messiah. He walked into my life and it completely changed. Yeshua returned my health to me, gave me a beautiful wife and children. He gave me many friends and an amazing ministry. Now my life is full of joy and meaning. My life is truly filled with God's blessing. That is why today my team and I, the Living Israel community, have dedicated our lives to the spreading of the gospel of the kingdom of God in the land of Israel. And we do this through various outreach programs, which include a soup kitchen in Tel Aviv, where every month we feed more than a thousand people who are in a hopeless situation. We have opened nine rehabilitation centers for men and women through which we help them get out of the slavery of drugs and alcohol. We also have shelters for women who have been abandoned by their husbands or who are exposed to domestic violence. We have a Bible school of discipleship whose graduates have opened more than 30 churches throughout Israel. We help new immigrants integrate into Israeli society through various social projects. We honor and serve the Holocaust survivors for daily home visits, monthly events, and holidays. We give them our gratitude and show them our love. Today, one of the highest priorities in the work of our community is the ministry to young people, the youth and children. And through various youth camps, conferences, and other projects, we are building our future. Fulfilling His Great Commission by going to the last sheep of the House of Israel and bringing them the gospel of salvation. And we invite you to partner with us for the fulfillment of God's plan here in the Holy Land, Israel. This holiday, as you know, is a, is a feast of trumpets. And we celebrate celebrate this feast as a, a God with His angels uh, visited His people for the first time on Mount Sinai. И также в эти дни мы особенно провозглашаем, что Иешуа грядет. Потому что сказано, что Он вернется при звуке трубы. И Израиль еще называют Божьими часами. 
И смотря на Израиль, можно видеть время, Божье время. And looking at Israel, you can really see God's timing. И мы сегодня знаем, что когда Евангелие обойдет весь мир и вернется в Израиль, это наступит последнее время. And we know when the gospel is going to go throughout the whole world and come back to where it started from Israel, then it's going to be the beginning of the end times. И то, что вы видели в ролике, and what you saw in the clip today, говорит о том, что Евангелие возвращается в Израиль. It speaks about that the gospel is coming back to Israel. Значит, Иешуа грядет. Means that Jesus is near. Yeshua is near. Thank you so much to Pastor Allen and Yvette for inviting us here today. It's a great honor for us. For us it's a great honor. I'm going to say a few words about, about, a little bit about our ministry in Israel. Um, our ministry is mostly focused on Russian-speaking Jews in Israel. Uh, 20% of all Israelis are, are Russian-speaking Jews. And our ministry started 16 years ago. So we were asking God, God, because you know, the Jews have a covering over their eyes. So we're asking God to show us a little way into it. So God gave us a word from Matthew chapter 10, where it says, rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In the Russian translation, it speaks about to the dying sheep of the house of Israel. So we took that word literally, dying sheep of the house of Israel. And we went to the people who are alive today, but will not make it tomorrow, which is like the drug addicts, the homeless, the alcoholics, the people who are on the streets. And through this, our ministry started to rapidly grow. Uh, this was 16 years ago, and when our ministry became uh, about 20 people, the mayor of the city asked us to leave that city. <laughs> because we started becoming an eyesore. A lot of ex-drug addicts living in the big house, you know, in the little city, being like an eyesore to the city. And we had nowhere to go. We didn't have a place to go, nor the finances. So we were praying. And through a miraculous way, uh, we met an uh, archbishop of the Catholic Church who let us rent a, a monastery, 130-year-old monastery, which you saw in the video clip, uh, in the, the city of Haifa in Israel. And this monastery became like the heart of our whole ministry. When we were just in Maalot, there was only 20 of us brothers. And one day, uh, 16 years ago, we were in the park just doing some shish kebabs, just 20 of us guys. We were envious of the families around us, we had wives and children. We said one day we're going to be like that. So I told my brothers 16 years ago, one day we're also going to have families and kids. So we moved to the monastery and 13 years ago was my first wedding in this monastery. My wife is in the back sitting with my children this way. So 
И после моей было 190 свадеб. And this is all the people who were supposed to die from drugs. And we are all believers in the first generation believers of the Yeshua. And uh, in the past uh, uh, 13 years we had more than 300 kids being born just to our ministry. So when we were in the monastery, we received the second word from the Bible, from Matthew chapter 10, where Jesus said to his disciples, we're not going to be able to go to all the cities of Israel, and I'm already going to return. So we received this word from us, for us, for the ministry, that we need to establish a church in every city in Israel. So we opened up a Bible school in this monastery. And in 13 years, we have more than 700 graduates. Wow. 40 pastors graduated from this Bible school. That opened up 34 churches in Israel. And 16 and 8 other countries of the world. And uh, today this monastery is like the heart of the whole ministry and it influences the revival in Israel. And because of God's mercy and grace over us and because of the monastery, uh, today living Israel is the fastest growing church in Israel. But in March uh, of uh, so this year was a very difficult year for all of us, as you also know this. The lockdowns in Israel were very strict for the past 12, uh, 12 months. Uh, the Israeli churches were fully shut down. But because of the monastery how it's set up, uh, the government couldn't shut, shut us down because in the monastery we have more than 70 people living there at any given time. And I also live there with my family. So on a daily basis we were able to take in people from the streets every single day. And we did uh, church services. We did prayer services. And during the pandemic, everything else was shut, shut down. We baptized 70 people. Yeah. Yeah. And this is Israel, these are mega, mega numbers. And in March of this year, we received the bad news. There's a lot of bad news this year, but we also received bad news in Israel. Uh, the Greek Catholic Church, the bishop came to us and he said we have to leave the premises by February of 2022. So we're in the same situation as we were 16 years ago. We have nowhere to go and we don't have any of our own property. We rent everything. So we started to pray 
и цель моей поездки сейчас в Америку. And the purpose of my trip here to come to United States. Найти ответ. Is to find an answer. Куда нам переезжать? Where are we gonna move to next? То есть я поехал в Америку за новым сердцем. So I went to United States to search for a new heart for a monastery. И я улетал 15 вечера. And I'm gonna finish with this last story. So I was flying to the States on July 15th in the evening time. Но 15 утром у меня была проверка моего врача по печени. But the 15th in the morning time I had to go to do a six-month checkup. I have a checkup for my liver every six months. Я в прошлом употреблял наркотики 10 лет внутривенно. И 17 лет у меня был гепатит С. И 4 года назад я его вылечил. Uh, got helped me to through medication. Because of the drug use that I had, my liver was very badly affected. I only had 30% of my healthy liver and 70% of my liver was badly scarred. И у меня была третья степень рубцовой ткани. So I had the third level of the scarring of the liver. И четвертая степень это цирроз. Fourth level is the cirrhosis. И поэтому я каждые полгода хожу проверяю. Therefore, every six months I had to go and do a checkup to the doctor. They would do a scan of my liver to make sure that the third level didn't grow into the fourth level that I don't have cirrhosis. Но моя врач сказала с этим можно жить. But my doctor assured me that I can live with this kind of condition. Вести просто нормальный образ жизни. Правильно. И, и я пришел на эту проверку 15 за несколько часов до отлета в Америку. Мне и я когда зашел к врачу, она писала письмо моему лечащему врачу. И у нее на лице не было ни одной И она сказала, тебе не нужно больше сюда приходить. У тебя нет ограничений по И рубцовая ткань у тебя ноль. This happened with me. Я немного скептик. I'm a little, I'm a skeptic a little bit by nature. И я не успел ничего у нее спросить, она отдала мне письмо и сказала. And I was shocked. She just gave me the the letter and said bye. И когда я 
Я не позвонил своей жене, я позвонил своему доктору. Потому что первая мысль, которая ко мне пришла в голову, что у меня, скорее всего, склероз, и чтобы я спокойно умер, ну, не она, и я позвонил своему врачу и спросил, вы можете а такое может быть? И она сказала, ну если ты ведешь нормальный образ жизни, то рубцовая ткань свойственно уменьшаться. Но за 40 лет я ни разу не видел, чтобы она исчезла. Значит, я могу сказать, слава Богу. Она сказала, это было за несколько часов да, за отлетом в, Амер... ну, в улет в Америку. Я полетел в Америку за новым сердцем. А Бог дал мне новую Дорогой отец, Dear Father, Бог Авраама, Исаака и Якова, я благодарю Тебя за вечную жизнь, которую Ты дал тем, кто поверил в Тебя, те, кто омыты Твоей кровью, те, чьи души наполнены вечностью, и сейчас во имя Иисуса я прошу Тебя, чтобы Ты прикоснулся к тем, у кого есть боль, у кого есть болезнь. И я прошу Тебя, Отец, как Ты исцелил мою печень, исцели эти немощи, исцели эти болезни. И я сейчас провозглашаю твое здравие, твое исцеление в каждой душе, в каждом теле, которое нуждается. Я провозглашаю силу твоей святой крови на каждом из нас. И я провозглашаю твою победу в нашей жизни. И я прошу Тебя, Отец, пусть Твоя святая кровь всегда покрывает 
always cover us и защищает and protect us от всех проклятий from all uh, from all uh, 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 curses от всех бед from all uh, uh, evil от всякого зла from all bad things от всех болезней from all sickness от всех коронавирусов from all coronaviruses мы любим тебя Иисус we love you Yeshua thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Amen Amen this is the fulfillment of Romans 11. It says, when the eyes of the natural children of Abraham are open, it will be life from the dead. If their blindness has brought blessing to Gentiles, what will their seeing be but life from the dead? As this accelerates, you just think church is exciting now for us. <laughs> Hallelujah. I believe when the times of the Gentiles is fulfilled, that means the times of the Gentiles only is fulfilled. He's not going to take us out of here and leave them with the kingdom. No, we're going to, we're, he's making one new man, Jew and Gentile. So this is awesome. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this hour. We thank you, Lord, for the connection of this ministry to the words of Jesus. Lord, they're taking their assignment seriously to go to the dying sheep of Israel. Help us, Lord, to remember the mandate is the gospel is the power of God to salvation. To the Jew first and also to the Gentiles. Thank you, Lord, for grafting us Gentiles in. Lord, we do not boast against our roots, but we, we rejoice in their full restoration. Lord, we pray that you would take our efforts to give to meet this need. Multiply this offering, Lord. Provide not only a heart, but multiple hearts around that land, we pray, in the days to come. In Jesus' name. Thank you for Michael and his beautiful family. Hallelujah. And Andre and his beautiful wife. Thank you. Amen. That's so exciting. I think that we can finish the lights right now. Because it seems our heart is so full already. And <laughs> uh, is there anything else to say? But uh, it's a privilege to one of us to be here with you. I am still here, uh, still loving you, and hopefully you still love me. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I believe that God is moving, and this is the move of God. The fact that we are here together from a different uh, uh, location, different churches, different denomination, regardless, we're here at one body and we represent that unity that could sweat the enemy. That could kick the enemy out in Jesus' name. So uh, it's a privilege, guys. And uh, my heart has been traveling this past week on your behalf because I don't know um, Maybe I know a little about how God is moving in this season where we are and He calling the, the, the nation of the world to come forward in this hour. And we see the nation of the world are responding. And we see Texas responding. 
we see America responding and God is moving. And this week I have the meetings uh, uh, with the uh, pastor leader from, I have two different meetings, once with the pastor leader from uh, Nepal and another one with the Korean pastor leader uh, to meet with Korean, South Korean and, and North Korean. And it was very powerful meeting where uh, it's not just the people of God that just awakening, the remnant are awakening all around the world. It is so beautiful that they are interceding on your behalf, America, and they still upholding you in this hour. Guys, you better move. I mean, you better respond because they are waiting for you to move so they can move with you. And that where we see that God is up to something. Yeah. He's up to something, God. He's up to something and it's about to happen. It's about to happen. The miracle has always been made ready. But it needs your obedience to align with that move of God for the miracle to happen. It's not like the moment that we are praying for miracle and God started to, do, to work on that miracle. I'm going to show you that God has already obtained a miracle for us today if we rise up, if we stand up, if we believe we will see the glory of God. If we align our spirit with His spirit and see Him move because He's moving. And he's moving us into the place that he said that he's going to make his bride, he's going to bring his bride to that place of spotless. Whether you see it or not, the bride of Christ will be spotless. And he's working on it. Hallelujah. And he has not given up on us. He has not given up on his body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I... I and we was in the seating this um, this past few days, and the Lord reminded me of a, a, a vision that I had last year for the United States of America. I share with you about a vision of the, the uh, uh, little fireballs sparkle all over America. But I had also another vision of a lions. I see lions coming forward from all corners of the nation. And in that lion, they don't look lion. They just look a little cat. And I, I, I mean, it's not very, you know, uh, it's not very it's encouraging. But I would not put it. But you know what? Um, listen to this. And then I continue to listen. I should not. America has to be a lion. Sure not, Americans are not cat. They are lions. So we'll show them something. <laughs> Yes, so I continue to intercede into the fullness of time for God to do whatever He wanted to do in this land. And it's coming right now. Because continue on in that vision, I saw the Lion of Judah coming forward. Yeah. And guess what? When these little cat, I don't say little lion, looking at the Lion of Judah, is reflecting 
the Lion of Judah in them. And they have all come forward at the Lion of Judah in Jesus' name. You know, when I see all the lions that align themselves with the Lion of Judah and come forward as an army, I know that we are winning this battle. Take heart because Jesus has already overcome. He's already overcome, guys. And he's moving us forward into something bigger. But the question here is, are you ready? Are you ready for that responding? Are you ready to lay down whatever you have to so that you can take now your son, your only son? And I don't know why even I mention that because it's not my message anyway. Uh, hallelujah. But when the move of God has started and when the brother is talking about the fullness of time when the gospel is being brought back into Jerusalem, I am testifying with you guys, is it happening? I am testifying with you because I have a message sharing about the, the highway of Isaiah 19 it being built. And in fact, a lot of those highways way are built and used and already connected all over Asia all over Asia. If you look up the road, the silk road and the nation, the connecting nation that bringing back the gospel back to Jerusalem is, is established. Yes. It is established. And that we better be ready. Yes. America better be ready. Uh -huh. Texas better be ready. Yes. Granbury better be ready. Yes. And, and, and I was in the seating on, uh, on the phone and was praying one morning, I was I, I was in desperation. I don't know what I was desperate for, but I was praying with Yvette, and and uh, all of a sudden I started to prophesy over the city, and I see that Granbury, you are the city of God. All of a sudden, and I did not even know what I was saying, but I started to say that you are the city of God. And the city on the hill cannot yeah. be hidden. Yeah. And I'm speaking it over you right now that you have to take this call yeah. at the city of God and move forward from wherever you are. But make the move because God is moving. Hallelujah. And uh, turn with me to Isaiah 66 uh, verse 8. It said, Can a nation be born in the day? Who has ever heard of something? Who has ever seen things like this? Can a country be born in a day? Or a nation be brought forth in a moment? If you believe, you will see the glory of God. And do you believe that the, the, it just takes one snap of God for things coming to existence? Can a nation be born in a day? And I believe that God is moving the nation of the world into that place that is only need one last, last touch of God for things to be shifted into that alignment for the returning of Jesus. And I feel that the Spirit of the Lord is bounding in your spirit. Knocking at your heart, knocking at your spirit and say, get ready because I have been waiting. I have been waiting and I am ready 
for you. What about you? The story, I don't know why I remember, the story of Jesus going to a wedding. He was invited together with his disciple in the book of John, chapter 2. That Jesus, the disciple, was invited to a wedding. So he was going there in the wedding and they run out of wine. So now the mother of Jesus was come to talk to him that they running out of wine. And Jesus said, what does that have concern to do with me? That I has nothing, it's not my business. Yeah. It's not my business. My time had not yet come. But still, even the time that God has of God has not has come for Jesus to reveal himself, but was there a miracle? That day was not scheduled for a miracle, but Jesus did a miracle anyway. That guy was, he was just coming for a wedding, coming just enjoying his time. See, God, and then the miracle is not a miracle of healing the sick, something necessity, like cast out demon, multiply food, and healing the sick. But this miracle is a miracle for the luxury, for the non-essential. But still, God loved him so much. Even if it was not scheduled for the miracle, there was the miracle. How about that? I mean, I like that because it's just... It just shows the heart of God because we talk about the time and the season we don't know and how can we see the fullness of time. I am telling you, the fullness of time that God is saying depending on how we respond, depending on the responding of our heart. Because when we, when Mary, the mother of Jesus said, do whatever he asked you to do. Yeah. Do whatever he asked you to do, there was a miracle. Do whatever, even if it was not scheduled for a miracle, there was a miracle anyway. Hallelujah. And God cared for the, if God cared for that wedding with something luxury that like that, how much more he cared for your salvation? How much more he cared for healing? How much more he cared for reviving this land? How much more he cared for the deliverance of the nation and the land? How much more that he is longing to show you how much he wants you to engage with him, especially in this season. Yeah, yeah. He's the God of miracle. The miracle that you think you need, the miracle that you don't even know that you need, the miracle that only obedience will show you or engage you to that heaven comes. So miracle take place. And there's a lot of time you don't even think uh, the th about the thing that needed the touch of God. He still wants to over abundantly bless in us. I have a minister friend from uh, a late uh, uh, minister friend who he passed away, and and he shared with me a very neat story about a miracle of God. Even when we don't need it, he still wants to do miracle over us. And I think this is so neat story of how much he wants to show you more what he has. And there was one trip that he went to Africa in this faraway land where where people 
which is desperate for food, and then so all of them they don't have shoes, they don't wear shoes. So it's, God put in His heart that He has a burden. Like, how come these people just walk around year after year, day after day with no shoes? So that so when He went home and prayed about it, He said, Lord, I would love to bless the the African family with shoes, but can you help me to do something about it? And the Lord said, I'll I'll take care of it. So he flew back to the U.S. and just asked for the people to donate shoes, right? And then he flew back to Africa in that trip, bringing all the shoes that he don't even know what inside the box. He came back to that village and he opened up the boxes and every single pair of shoes are matching with every single soul in that village. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that not stop there. I mean, the, the zeal, the love of the heart of this minister to see people with shoes. But little did he know that these people never wear shoes in their life, so they won't use this shoe to wear in their feet. So God still giving them the exact shoe and the exact size for the old and the young and the children, but they never needed them because they are not used to have them. But God still giving them what they did not need, didn't He? How much more He wants to fulfill your desire, to provide all your need, to heal you and to touch you and to change you and transform you. And the next day, after everybody had those pair of shoes, they just hanging over their head, their, their shoulder, and going to the meeting. And it's just so funny that it's become a, 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 a what do you call it, a, a, a jewelry kind of thing, you know? They never are possessed, they never own a pair of shoes. So it's become something so precious, and they don't wear it on their feet, but they wear it over their neck. <laughs> Hallelujah. Talking about the miracle, when even you don't need it, and God's still performing it. Hallelujah. So I mean that the wine for the wedding is not something that people would need. It's not like a life or death, but God's still willing to do something over abundance to yeah. you. Yeah. That who our God is, He mighty to save. He mighty to do the miracle. And the miracle is made available, but are we ready? Have you come to that place of knowing that I mean, everything in heaven is already established. It's not like the furthermore that God has to do something in order to align with whatever going on down here. Actually, it's all laid out. It is all available. But it is us to rise up. It is us to rise up to receive or to claim or to take that miracle that belongs to us. Hallelujah. And rise up. Because when Hagar rise up and leave up the boy, that the, the well that has always been there.
man, but she was desperate because she thought that she was about to die in the desert with his son. Remember, she said, Lord, why have I been to in this situation that I have to die with my own child? I'm being cast away from, from where I am, and now I'm in the desert, and I'm about to die. And the cry now to God, and then that, but then the angel came and asked her to lift up your eyes and look and stand up, arise. And she did arise. She arise, and there was a well. God did not send the angel to dig a well like that. But the well has always been there. But we did not see it. And I'm telling you the miracles make them available. And we need to see it. We need to claim it. We need to rise up and take that place. Take that miracle that God has been preparing. And make available. I am saying make available. If you need a bigger touch of God, if we're thinking about we need the time right now, we need sign and wonder and supernatural. Guys, sign and wonder and supernatural are following those who believe. Amen. But if you believe, you just have to come forward. Because we are carrying that power, that Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have that hope of glory. But also, we are in Him, a new creation. And the goal has gone, and the new is now. I mean, it's, 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 how cool is that? It's cool, right? I mean, you don't just have the hope of glory. You are made new. You are the new creation when you choose to be in Him. And in Him, there is Himself, but also the King is in you. The kingdom must be in you also. You cannot have the King without a kingdom. Come on, somebody. But if the kingdom are in you, the kingdom has to come forward from you. If the kingdom is in you, the kingdom has to be manifested in Jesus' name. If that kingdom in you, then sign and wonder and supernatural, it's just a piece of cake. Why don't we say it's just a piece of cake? Come and take it, Texas. Right? <laughs> Hallelujah. I love that person. Whatever idiot most in this land. I usually use it, come and take it. Guess what? Colorado and New Mexico come and take it. Yeah. They come this time to take it. And I am believing that there are more for each and every one of us to engage with in this season. But the question is, are you ready? The question is, are you willing to commit to the Lord the way that you have never committed before? Because you need to engage yourself with the Spirit of God and with what God moves. Because miracle is made available. Is it made available, guys? There was one trip that the Lord sent me to Nepal, and many of you have heard my testimony how much I love Nepal. And I, I, uh, I love to go there. I'm missing them. If I think about them, I just want to cry. I think about how, what God is doing in that little land, in that little land in between of India and, and, and China. And they're rising up. They're rising up so, so strong in the Lord. They have 65 years of gospel came to their very young, 
to only signify the year of receiving the gospel, but they're rising up. They're rising up in this season. Yeah. They're rising up and they're sending forward apostle, teacher, a prophet, evangelist from 18 years to 25 years old only. Those are the generation that are coming forward. And, and the last two years, we spoke, even in the, the year of desperation of virus and everything, we saw the most revivals happening. We saw the most outreach happening. We saw the most number of believer and convert happening in the land that is crushed in between of the two big land, India and, and uh, China. And so that, that the more I think about them, the more I love them. Because the spirit of the, the Nepalese, they are the one army that the strongest in evangelism in the end time. They are fearless. They would not go weary. They just rise on wing by eagle. They just walk 24 hours non-stop on land, hill, up and down for the sake of the gospel. They walk. 24 hour to 72 hour from wherever they are to the meetings that we are having for them. So one of the streets that the Lord asked me to go there, but but I was in between trip and I, I was very tired and I was like, Lord, I didn't want to go one more trip. But <laughs> you, you can say, you can discuss whatever you want to discuss, right? But you know who winning. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah, God will allow you to discuss and negotiate and everything, all of that. He loves us so much, huh? But at the end, He still can just commission you and send you out and win the argument, right? Uh, but there was one trip that I, I, I thought I knew that in my spirit it's time to go. But I, from in my flesh, I didn't want to go. In the natural, I didn't have what I needed, so I could go. It cost thousands and thousands and thousands of, of dollars just to put meeting together with the pastor and the leader. And in just uh, like one week of time, there's no way for me to even get a ticket. But anyway, the Lord said, just go. Just go. And I did. But I didn't have the money to buy the whole ticket to Nepal. So I, I bought halfway ticket to Malaysia. <laughs> I thought, I mean, it is another one more step, right? Just step into, to, in order to see the, the, the miracle, I have to step out. And so I stepped, that step, and I bought one-way ticket to Malaysia. And I was sitting at the airport for eight hours waiting for the move of God. <laughs> How about that? We think that we're not going to move, but he's moving. But he already moved before I move. I thought that I have to move so he moved, but he already moved before I move. Because when I was waiting there at eight hours, I asked, Lord, am I foolish? Lord, what's going to happen? I mean, now I go home. I cannot even go home. There's no return ticket. But to move forward, I need you to move. And guess what? When I was sitting there, I received a phone call from a friend in Denver, and she was asked, "Baby, where are you?" I said, "Yeah, I told you that I'm flying out to Nepal, but I have not reached Nepal. I'm somewhere halfway, so, and I need a miracle that God moves." And and this friend said, to "Debbie, yesterday I sent you something. Check your account." <laughs> I mean, yesterday, before I moved, God already moved, guys. Before I moved, 
God already moved and make this happen. Come on, Jesus. Hallelujah. If we move, we will see more of what God has for us. I am testifying with you this story because that beautiful friend who called me when I'm in the middle of nowhere and she believes so much what I'm doing that even she's here today from Colorado. She is a testimony of the crazy woman that wants to invade so much to the kingdom, whatever the Holy Spirit says. Yeah. When I invited her to here, I did not say anything. I said, just come and see what the Lord doing. Yeah. And she said, Debbie, you've got to give me more information. I said, when the Lord moves, that is enough. Come and see what the Lord do. And so she didn't ask me even further questions because she understand that there would be nothing else to say. I said, just come to see what God is doing. And they are coming to see what God is doing here in Granbury and here in Texas. When you move, God moves. And even, even before you move, God already moved. Guys, so how about that? How about that, that, that even just sitting there like a mad woman waiting for something? And so uh, uh, people, uh, when you sit in a coffee shop at the airport, the people would just stranger would ask you, where are you flying to? What time is your flight? Everybody in a hurry. I don't know. I have eight or ten hours. <laughs> I don't know. What time is my flight? I need a ticket to tell you what time is my flight. <laughs> but guys, it's coming. It's coming anyway. It was already ordained and made available in heaven yesterday by somebody just heard from the Holy Spirit because I did never ask for anything from, from any of the friend or, or, or ministry partner, never ask any things specific. I only challenge them, listen to the Holy Spirit and do accordingly. Yeah, Hallelujah. Guys, yeah. yeah, God is good. And he is powerful. And he's mighty. He's mighty to save. And he's mighty to change. And he's mighty to do whatever work that you think is work in progress. That God is doing in your life. That God is doing in your church. God is doing in your community and in your nation. He is working that through with us right now. To bring us somewhere bigger and better. Hallelujah. Talking about a miracle. Talking about if I never had the courage. And trust me guys, courage did not come overnight. Trust me that, that, that obedience did not just oh, overnight. Oh, today I feel so obedient. No. <laughs> no. A lot of time I feel so disobedient. A lot of time I say, here I am, Lord. Send my brother. <laughs> A lot of time I feel like, Lord, I'm, I'm not available. I, I'm not qualified. A lot of time I feel, Lord, here I am. Why don't you send the pastor that has more gift or more talent than me? But guess what? That response of obedience will give us the opportunity to engage with what God has already prepared. 
Hallelujah. And God has prepared from all form and manner and fashion, not just about the provision of finance. He's providing the very talent, the very gift, the very anointing that you needed when you needed it. It's not just about the little thing that, I mean, not just about the thing that visible, the thing spiritual, big stuff, he also able to provide. Amen. Talking about how big God is and how much we need to step forward with obedience. There was one trip that the Lord asked me to uh, go to um, Egypt. Well, the least country in the whole world, still the least country, the least favorite country in the whole world. And uh, it was a pain for me to just to accept and fly now to that nation, uh, uh, Egypt. And I did not like it. I never prayed about it. I never have a desire to go to Egypt. But the Lord said, go to Egypt. And I said, I did not. If I Usually, I would pray Lord, as if you provided uh, enough money, I will fly, right? I will go. But this time, I, I'm just, I'm not praying about the finance. I wish I would never have the finance, so I don't have to fly. You know, so the whole time, I just go against it. I just go against, like, if God provided, then I have to go. So I would love for God not to provide, so I don't have to go. Guess what? One day before my flight, I was supposed to meet somebody from Uganda that flying to Egypt to see me. Um, so one day before I fly and I thought, oh then no money, no ticket, I don't have to fly nowhere. I was happy, I was just like about to have a party, you know? And that evening I was about to have the party and, and I received a phone call from Midland, Texas and this friend said, Debbie, we are so, the people from Uganda is ready to see you in Egypt. Um, we are excited. What time are you flying tomorrow? And, I'm fly and I say, well, I don't have the ticket. I cannot answer you the same question. I don't have the answer for you. She said, no, the money, somebody, last night somebody in Midland that the Lord woke her up during the night and said that the Lord want you to send the ticket to somebody in Vietnam tomorrow. So he's already on the way to me. And I did not like it. <laughs> I did not like it, guys. And because I knew the opposition that waiting for me. I knew what waiting for me in the spirit was not a very pleasant time. But anyway, now that I cannot say I don't have a ticket, I don't go. Now that the ticket's on the way, so I just got up and packed my stuff and go. And halfway, connecting in Thailand, Bangkok, the people from Uganda say, Debbie, I'm sorry, you own your own, we're not coming. Yeah, nobody showed up in Egypt to meet me. I was alone, all by myself. Well, and I thought, well, I repented. I'm not by myself. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit was with me. I'm with the whole army. Hallelujah. Come on, Jesus. And I repented right after that because I was, the thought of going to Egypt alone scared me. 
because I've never been in that country and because I have no desire of whatsoever in that country. And true enough, when I arrived, I was, uh, I was uh, when I went, got there, it was late at night and uh, as I got out of the, uh, the uh, uh, immigration and, and moving forward, trying to find my way, and it was so dark and late that there was four guys coming forward, tall and big and the Muslim guys uh, with a big mark over here and uh, trying to push me and take me to their car. And I, and I say, Lord, this is exactly why I didn't want to go. That's just in the back of my head, right? And it is exactly why I didn't volunteer. But when I was pushed by this stranger against my, uh, my shoulder, they just pushed and grabbed me like that, and the spirit of the Lion of Judah came upon me. And I pushed back the guy and I said, do not ever touch any woman like that. Get out of my way. And I just moved forward. Oh God, that was the, the Lion of Judah, it was not me. And it was not a cat, it's the Lion of Judah. And otherwise, they would not just back down and just ran away, right? But it was not the point of the story. The point of the story, God provided exceedingly abundantly above and beyond what you asked for. But because when you obey, you're going to see what God has in store. Yes. And when, when you obey, you're going to see more what make available for us that without obedience, we would never see. Right. We would never be part of that. So, um... The next day, I would push into a meeting that I was not volunteering for. In a meeting, in that meeting, was a meeting for the Muslim, devout Muslim people, illegal Muslim from South Sudan, Eritrea, Ethiopia, and Somalia. And, uh, and this person just pushed me, Debbie, uh, uh, say a message, uh, this, is, this is your time, and I say, my time for what? I'm, I, I was not aware of my time, I was not aware of these men, I was not aware of these serious looking, angry looking men was waiting for me, and fear came upon me, and I, I am not an evangelist, okay? I don't have a message to evangelize nobody. <laughs> At that moment of fear, I even forgot everything that I wanted to say. I've been preaching and teaching and training thousands of people in Nepal, in Vietnam, in South Korea, in, in uh, Japan, but never be an evangelist. God knows what I did not have. And he put me in a place that I have to to do something about that. And I was so much in fear standing in front of this stranger or the man staring at me. And I said, Lord, this is your idea. Give me something. Give me you. Yeah. Yeah. That was my prayer. Yeah. Give me something. Give me you. Isn't it that Christ in you is enough? Christ in you is a hope of glory. And you are in him. A new creation. In that moment, I said, Give me you. And the Holy Spirit gave me Himself by saying a very odd question to the stranger Muslim. You would not believe what I'm saying to them, but it's not about what I'm saying, it's what God 
but this is about what God already preparing. This is what I'm saying. I'm standing in front of all these stranger uh, Muslim people and say, Would you like to receive the Holy Spirit? <laughs> I don't have a message, guys. Okay. I don't know why did I say that. But when I said that, I thought, oh, oh shoot, what did I do? But didn't I just say, give me something, give me you? But when I said, would you like to receive the Holy Spirit in the back of my mind, I'm saying, I'm going to my room, back my thing, and run to the airport. <laughs> because this is, the, this is a terrible message. They are going to arrest me. <laughs> they are going to arrest me and take me to the authority, you know, for preaching in public like that, right? But give me something, Lord, give me you. And God give himself to me by giving me that message. When I ask him, would you like to receive the man, the Holy Spirit and all the hand raise up? <laughs> Guys, God has already prepared that. What was I afraid of? What was I worried about? What was I chicken out about? God already touched their heart and waiting for that in my mind. What kind of question is that? But in heaven is the exact right question you need to ask. Because God has already arresting their spirit. That's why when I say, would you like to receive the Holy Spirit? They raise their hand. Oh my God, would you believe I just move it forward and touching all of them. Touching all of them and just arresting their spirit and give it to God and my job is done. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we need, it's, a, it's a very radical kind of a, a, a message for evangelists, huh? Yeah. This, I would, I would, I'm praying, Lord, this is the, the first and the last. I would never go back into this situation again because so, to me, it's very um, embarrassing. Like you don't have a message, would you like to receive the Holy Spirit? And they raise their hand and you come forward and touch them and they fall on the floor and then the party is over. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But God has his own way of doing business, God. God has his own way of doing business. And we need to trust the Lord. And we need to be obedient in order to see that. Can a nation be born in a day? Can a country be born and make happen in just a moment? And I'm telling you that I see the move of God among you. I see the move of God in your life. I see the commissioning of God in each and every one of you sitting here tonight. It's not by chance. It's not by a mistake that you have to be here tonight. In the Spirit of God has been convicting you and bringing you in this moment of time for such a time as this. I know that God touching the nation of the United States of America. Well, you don't have to see what in the natural. The natural would not represent what God is doing. The natural does not interpret what God is doing in heaven right now on your behalf. The natural is not what is not what you're looking and trying to understand. You need to align your spirit with what God is doing 
in the eternity that has made available for such a time as this. Because I see that Lion of Judah among you coming forward. Because there is a God, the mighty one of Israel is in you and among you. Is in you and among you. But that he's moved you forward to something that you have not dreamed of. It doesn't have to be your dream. Is it God's dream for you? Is it God's dream for Granbury? Is God's dream for Texas? Is God's dream for the United States of America? But you, the remnant that responded in this hour, needs to rise up to take that miracle, to take that calling, to respond to that calling so that you will be part of that miracle that he made ready for you. Hallelujah. And I feel in my spirit that God has been waiting for us and it's time to make yourself ready. Because you know what? Even when you are not ready, he will make you ready. <laughs> you know, no, no, not gonna be pleasant. It will be a kick on the side or something, so you can move. But you're not, you cannot afford to remain where you are in this season. You has to respond because God is moving. The nation are waiting. The nation of the world is seeing for you every week. They're coming together. And they are asking me, what took them so long? And I say, well, in a little while. Not long. Not long. Just hanging on tight. They are moving. And this is what I'm reporting to them. That it won't be long for you to see America rise up. It won't be long for you to see the remnant of this land rise up for such a time as this. It won't be long for the nation of the world once again seeing there is a God, the mighty one of Israel among you and he is rising you up. Hallelujah. And I would like to invite you to stand up at this hour. Stand up right now and respond to that calling. If you feel that you have been delaying, if you have been ignoring, if you have been in fear or discouragement, if you have not responded, you know the high call upon you. You know that God is waiting for you to respond. You know that there is sign and wonder and supernatural that follow those who believe. You know that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. And you're longing for that glory of God. You're longing for the touch of God. You're longing for that commissioning for you to see what he has for you, what he has for your nation, what he has for your community and city. If you feel it that now I have to commit again to my Lord, seriously, because I want to see what God has for this land, for my people, for my family, for my neighbor, for my neighborhood, for my community now in the time. And I invite you to come forward for this commissioning. I invite any minister, anyone, every single one of you, the minister of the law, don't you deny that. If you have been saved and called, set apart, appointed and anointed, you are that minister that God is calling you. I'm calling you out to take 
that call, take that challenge, and move it forward over here so we can commit ourselves to God for this move of God because you are that move of God in this land. You are part of that move of God for this hour. You are that move that God going to use you in this time and hour to change the atmosphere, yes. the spiritual atmosphere of where you are. This land belongs to God. Yes. Or city of God, I'm calling you out. Amen. City of God, I'm calling you out to respond to the Spirit of God that He is willing, He is longing, and He is waiting. Come forward.